Millennials are ruining the world. An exennial perspective. Hey everyone, welcome back to Millennials are Ruining the World question mark and exennial perspective. Real conversations bridging the gap between generations X and Y. I'm not woke, but I'm awake. My guest today is a senior theatrical agent for Stewart Talent in New York City, where she represents clients for theater, television, and film, all with capital letters. She has a bachelor's degree in film and a master's degree in educational theater. In addition to her 17, 17 year career, that's so many years, 17 year career, in one more year she'll be legal, uh, 17 year career as an agent, she can also be found teaching classes in business for actors, actor packaging, improvisation, acting, and audition technique, as well as working with university conservatory students across the country. She enjoys binge-watching television shows from the 80s and the 90s. Please welcome Nicole Wachinski, The Crowd Goes Wild. Yay! I'm so used to cabaret. Every episode I say this, but I'm always like, please welcome, because that's I'm like, where's the audience? And I hear them in my head for the year doing the virtual. It's all the emojis popping out. I hear them as well in my head. So we're, yes. we're both on the same page there. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> ah. So TV shows from the 80s and 90s, uh-huh. like what? Um, so I like a little show called Degrassi Junior High. That's from Canada from the 80s. A lot of people know it from the new version Degrassi, The Next Generation. That's what I watched it. Because Drake was one of the stars of it. So that's why a lot of people know that show. That's the but, only reason I know who Drake is. is right, He was exactly. on Degrassi. But, um, but it actually started, it started in the 70s, actually. But the version that I watched started in the 80s. So I like that show. I also like Friends and Twin Peaks. So I've been watching a lot of those shows during COVID because it's just comfort food. Does uh, Friends hold up still? A lot of people say it doesn't. That's what the millennials say. Yes, yes. I still love it. I love it. I, and I prefer the earlier seasons. I can't watch the last season. I can't watch the last episode. The last two seasons are kind of iffy for me, actually. But I like. I prefer. The I remember ones. them not being that great. I don't know. I don't usually rewatch things. I'm not a rewatcher, so I, I haven't seen Friends since it was new. I rewatch the same things, especially at night while I'm like going to sleep, because that way I don't have to watch TV and pay attention and think about it. It's just kind of like oh, that makes background sense. noise. I I can I have to watch TV for like two to three hours just to focus my mind on something that mm-hmm. isn't myself, and then I put on my Calm app with the rain sound, and with the rain sound, I have trained myself. I fall right asleep because I when I wasn't. Uh, I think I was having anxiety after the election in like 2016 and I just started meditating early 2017. I train my body, rain sound, go to sleep. So if it's a rainy day, do you just sleep all day? Yeah, I, I think I have no energy on rainy days now. That's the unfortunate side effect of training myself to to fall asleep to rain. Yeah. But when I was in Finland, I... Uh, I had a night in a cabin. My friend, I don't know if you know Mike Solomon. He went. He was from East Brunswick too. Uh, but Mike Solomon invited me, and uh, we I, we were. He lives in Helsinki outside of it. But then we went to a cabin in the woods that his wife's friend's Airbnb, and I had my own little private cabin. They were in the 
one with actual running water. I was in like a real cabin, no <laughs> electricity. And so I didn't want to use my phone for it. But then it started raining and I was like, this is great. So whenever I have trouble sleeping now, I picture the rain and I picture being in that cabin in Finland surrounded by nature. And, you know, I, I when I had to pee, I just opened the door and I peed. <laughs> well, you have no running water, so. Yeah, that's what it was. No, that's what they were like. Go ahead, pee wherever. It's, we're in the <laughs> middle and it's right by a lake. And, uh, and there, the sauna was attached to the cabin, too. So it's like we spent the whole day. We'd, we'd be in the sauna and we'd be too hot. Then we'd jump in the lake and we'd be too cold. And that's like called hot, cold therapy. Yes, so it is. I slept really well that night. It was really, uh, it was really nice to just, ah, uh, yes, memory. So, yeah, that's how I fall asleep is I picture that. Sometimes I picture Iceland. In Iceland, we found this private little glacier lake that was just off the highway, Route 1. It's the only highway in Iceland. Mm -hmm. It's just Route 1, and it goes all the way around the island. And I picture that, and it was just surreal. It was like you were there. It was just my friend and I at this lake that was, like, filled with, like, ice. Cool. Yeah, that's memories. Anyway, yes, yeah, so I haven't seen Friends in a while. I did rewatch Seinfeld. Uh, that's because Seinfeld is genius, and I did want to make sure I wasn't any of my sitcom ideas when I was writing my sitcom, I wanted to make sure they hadn't been on Seinfeld. Ah. And I hadn't been like, this is really funny. And it's because subconsciously it That was would Seinfeld. totally happen to me. I would totally yeah. come up with a genius idea and realize years later that I came up with it because I saw it on TV. Yeah, no, that's why I rewatched <laughs> Seinfeld for that reason. But no, I, I sometimes rewatch things in the background, like I'm watching The Muppet Show right uh -huh. now. But that's... That, that's so, such a background show. I mean, it's a lot of singing and dancing, and mm -hmm. I, I already know what's going to happen. Well, that's why, like, things like Friends, for me, I've seen every episode at least 40 times. Right. So. I would do that while I work, because, mm -hmm. you know, I, I have the TV on, like, almost all right. day, because I'm just one of those people who needs, needs the background noise always. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I get in my head. Right. No, I'm the same way. I'm the same way, which is why I sleep with it on. That makes sense. No, I don't sleep with it on. I sleep with the rain sound. But, all right. So, uh, before we get uh, on topic, which, you know, occasionally I like to be on topic, uh, the first question, of course, I ask, as all the listeners who listen every week knows, is how did we meet? Well, Nicole, how did we meet? We met in high school. Yeah, that's true. True. We did a play together, and we played husband and wife. Memories. And that's how we met. Yes, funny money. And chorus together. Yes, that was a good play, Funny Money. It was a great play. I don't know why it's not done more. I still have the tape, the videotape. Oh, I'm sure my parents have the VHS. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do with it. Like, we have VHS of probably every show I did. And oh, I, I have VHS of every show I've done. Yeah, but... I don't know what we would need that for. Like, you know, I guess if I went on Conan or something, they would could show the clip of it. But that's just, I don't memories. think people do that so much anymore. Yeah, memories, go back and watch it. I don't know. I, I still have a VCR, but uh, it's I don't really use it that much or well, ever. <laughs> you can use it for that. Yeah. Watching I, old, old tapes of plays you've been in. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I like to live in the future. You know, I know that you're supposed to live in the present and be Buddhist. I don't live in the past. A lot of people are nostalgic. I always live in the future. I'm always like, what's the next thing? What's the next step? Mm -hmm. what, I'm always worrying about the shows coming up and... You know, how are we reopening Love Quirks? Like, 
even though we can't make a plan, I have like 18 different contingency plans and it's ridiculous because we still don't know any timeline or anything. Mm -hmm. Like this episode is probably airing at the end of June, early July. And I, I, it's very possible we still won't have a plan by then. Oh yeah. Very possible. Uh, God, I hope we have a plan by the end of this season. (laughs) Uh, All right. Uh, But enough about that. Why don't we actually get on topic? And our topic is actually uh, your career. Uh, I call it talent agency because it sounds like you have agency. There's like a kind of a plan word there. Talent agency. Uh, But what is a talent agent, Nicole? I mean, technically, that is right. We are an agency. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We have agency. Um, But we we represent actors. So, I mean, my job is to provide opportunity for actors um, to try to get them opportunities to work, auditions, offers, whatever I can to get them in the room to make introductions um, to help advise on their career. That's nice of you. Mm-hmm. It's helping people, which is something I love to do. Uh, so what does your day-to-day task look like then? I mean, every day is a little different, but a little the same. Um, I mean, it's hustling. It's making phone calls, emailing, submitting actors for jobs, trying to get casting directors to see them, and selling. And It's a sales job, so I'm constantly selling. And then also, you know, parts of the job are calling clients and, and helping them, um, giving advice, uh, discussing projects they might be going in for also negotiating contracts so when they book the job the other big part is to negotiate the contract so talking to producers talking to casting directors whoever it is that i'm working on that project with oh that sounds so much fun Mm -hmm. and then also meeting actors um meeting potential clients um well you must be very sought after i like to think i am (laughs) (laughs) i imagine i imagine i know even for me, I can't be like, I'm friends with Nicole. If they find out, they're like, oh, my God, can you get me a meeting? And I'm like, no, but thanks for asking. Yeah, it took a long time. Like, my dad was the worst. It took a long time for him to finally be able to say to people, no, stop asking. Oh, no. People asked your father? Oh, my God. Yes. That's crazy. Thank God that stopped, like, 15 years ago. <laughs> Have you learned how to say No. It's really hard, but yeah, I have to. I mean, I I would think so, but Mm -hmm. you just said yes to that question. (laughs) I said it's really hard, but. (laughs) Yes, but. (laughs) Oh, man. I I don't know. I I can say no pretty easily, especially if Smee is like on the furniture and he shouldn't be. I'm like, no. Oh, that's different. I mean, how is it different? It's still saying no. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I can say no, but like, you know, I like to be nice. I mean, niceness is is okay. Mm -hmm. You can say no in a nice, polite way. That's very true. And I always do. I always do. No, thank you. Whenever I write agents for writing agents, uh, usually they don't respond, but occasionally they do, and they usually say something like, thank you, I have a lot on my plate. Yep. Yes. Yep. Not currently looking. Right. Thank you so much for asking. Which is code for, I don't give a fuck about you. (laughs) <laughs> I am not interested in even considering you because I have not heard of you and I don't don't want to deal with you. So please go away. But it's nicer than ghosting, which is usually you don't get a response. So I do appreciate the nice response 
more than the not getting a response. Yeah, the unsolicited, it's hard It's hard to respond to unsolicited emails because we get so many of them. I imagine you would. Mm-hmm. I've sent mostly unsolicited emails. Yeah, that's true. Sometimes I find it better to just not. <laughs> yeah, you know, I actually next week I have uh, Kimberly Faye Greenberg, and one of the things uh, she is talks about being proactive and stuff, Mm-hmm. Uh, and she, uh, I took one of her workshops. She recommends like uh, actually sending the thing in the mail and not emailing because mm-hmm. she says email. It's way easier to ignore an email. Uh, it's true. I read every piece of mail that comes across my desk. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So you heard it here first, and then Kim would say not to give away her secret, but you know it's okay. Uh, she would say you always say in your your mail. I'll follow up if I don't hear from you. And then that gives you an excuse to call. And uh, I would say, oh, I, that's that to me, that's I don't like that. All right. All I don't right. want unsolicited phone calls, emails. One well, thing, they phone don't calls call feel you. Invasive. They would call the intern at your office. So it wouldn't necessarily get to you. That's not true. Oh, really? I've definitely had people dial right into my extension. Oh, my. All right. You heard it here, guys. Don't dial into Nicole's extension. But I would recommend any agent, unless they are your agent. Right. Don't dial into their extension. Don't dial into their extension. <laughs> How do they even find your extension? You can find anything on the interwebs. The interwebs. You heard it here first. The interwebs. You can find anything on the interwebs. On the interwebs. <laughs> I don't know when the last time I heard that term was. <laughs> Maybe the 90s. <laughs> I like using that term. <laughs> the interwebs. No, I still call it the Facebook because that's what it is to me. When I joined, it was the Facebook. Yep. And then I say the Google and the YouTube just to sound like an old person sometimes. I sometimes do that, you know, just for fun. Like, mm-hmm. let's pretend I'm older than I am. Ha, ha, ha. As a cheeky joke. Yeah, I don't like to do that. Yes. All right. So that's exciting. How did you get started in this wonderful career? So, as you know, I grew up acting. I definitely know, yes, but we're talking yes, to the I'm listeners Yes, I'm saying here. you specifically, yes. Seth, as you know, but as the listeners don't know, I grew up performing. I grew up doing lots of shows, and my Jewish parents would not let me go to college for acting. Um, they That's said I had to get reasonable. a real degree. Mine too. So I got a Bachelor of Science in Communications, which is also, I went to film school, um, <laughs> and double majored in theater. Um, but, uh, so while I was there though, I realized I liked working with actors. Uh, so I actually originally intended to go into casting, which is kind of the other side of what I do. I sell my actors to the casting directors. Um, but when I moved to New- back to New York, I just applied for internships at casting offices and at talent agencies just to get experience and got one at a talent agency, which ended up being my career, which I just never left until a couple of years ago. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Gosh, memories, memories. I used to go in and play for auditions. Mm-hmm. I used to actually bring my keyboard before they finally... Uh, they, they ended up buying the same keyboard I have. <laughs> they were like, what's a good keyboard? And I'm like, well, I like mine. And it was only $200. And they were like, sold. Yep. So I... And then... In the, in the office, the keyboard looked so pristine and new because somebody was dusting it. But <laughs> mine looks much older and has cat hair all over Maybe it. Maybe you should dust it every so often. I don't know. I dusted everything at the beginning of the pandemic 
that was like one of my tasks. Like, but that I, was over a year ago. I thought the pandemic was going to be six weeks, so I made a lot of things to do, and one of them was dusting. And I spent three or four hours, and I dusted everything. Uh, but no, I haven't done that. Maybe I should do that once a year. You're saying? No, I said that's been that was over a year ago. You should have done it mm, at least fifty two more times. You think once a week? Dusting. Dusting should be like an everyday thing, but no. if you're not going to do that, once a week is... You think it should be once a week. I mean, look how much crap I have. It would be so much effort to take everything off, dust, and put everything on. Well, so then you could do it in piece parts. I do sometimes do it in parts, like if I'm on the phone and I notice. But you're right. I this The dust needs dusting. This bookcase needs dusting. The piano desperately needs dusting. Uh, I, I should... I should get back on that. You're yes. right. Mm -hmm. You're right. I also, uh, one of my pandemic things is I made a list of all my 553 books that I have mm -hmm. and I alphabetized it and put it on my website. And that way, when I go to the Strand, uh, I haven't been a Strand in, in like so long, but in theory, when I go to the Strand again, sometimes I'll accidentally get the same book again. And I, uh, now I have it all written on my website. I can be like, do I have this Jane Austen one? And like, I always get classics and I never want to read them. So why do you get them? So that I have them in case I decide to read them. Okay. I, I used to... Something like a Jane Austen book you can get anywhere. Yes. I think I have Pride and Prejudice and Emma. I might have one other. We can check my website later to see what other Jane Austen. And then on my Excel file that's not on the website... I write down which of my 10 bookshelves it's on in case I need to find it. Oh. Yeah, no, there's another four in the closet. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's very exciting, I know. It's it's exciting, but I actually stopped buying books because... I stopped buying books, too, and I have yeah. so many books that I just don't have time to read them. Well, I have time. about 200 I haven't read here, but I haven't read any of them during the pandemic because I've been going through the list of books I wanted to buy and getting them at the library. Ah. And... Since the pandemic, the library hasn't been charging fines. And so I don't feel the pressure of, oh my gosh, like I got the new Comer and Strike novel and it was 920 pages. And I was like, if I had to get that back within two weeks, I, I wouldn't. I didn't. I did. Mm -hmm. got it back within three weeks and I wasn't fined. So mm -hmm. I felt I felt fine with the fact I wasn't fined for the book. You know, I, mm -hmm. I, I found and I find that I wasn't fined. And I, I'm fine with that. Yes, exactly. I, the look on Nicole's face, you can't see. But it's one of, did you really just make that pun 18 times in a row? And I did. Maybe only 17 times. One for each year of your agency. Of my agency career. Of your agency career. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, but I love the library. And I've read, I think, 70 books now. And now I don't have to buy any of those books. And I've, I'm almost caught up with the books that I really want. I think I have this another 20 that I really want to read. And then all of a sudden, it's like, of course, I keep adding books. And with the library, you can get the new books right away. So I there are like four new books that just came out in March that were in Time Magazine. And I was like, uh, anyway, anyway, back to the topic. Nicole is an agent. Uh, Nicole is an agent. And she started her career as an intern. As an intern. Mm -hmm. And then how long until you were, how long did you intern? And then when you were I was an you, intern. Was I was like an intern for a year. Then I was an assistant, an assistant into junior agent for a while. And then junior agent for a while. It was just like a whole like progression. 
<laughs> yeah, that's a good thing. It, mm-hmm. As a, you know, it, it takes a while for good things to happen, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It takes a while. Uh, I know one of the, I, I it's a spoiler alert because I already recorded some of the season after this, but one of the guests I had mentioned that her thing she hates about millennials is they want everything now, now, yep. now, mm-hmm. and they don't respect that it takes time and you you it took you time to get it where took you were so much time yeah yeah 17 of, years and i worked many jobs many side jobs oh well, remember yeah. you used to work at bloomingdale's i worked at bloomingdale's i was a restaurant hostess yeah so i remember these I things had, you know it's hard work i would work six seven days a week that's a lot of days a week yeah I, well now i work five right <laughs> that, that's five Which i think is normal, is normal. <laughs> So what are some of your favorite things about your job then? Um, I mean, my job is literally about making, helping people's dream, making people's dreams come true. Well, that's nice. So I literally get to make phone calls and make people's dreams come true all the time and help people achieve their goals. And so to me, that is the most fulfilling. I would love to have my dreams come true at some yeah. point. Yeah, so whether it's calling somebody that they're going to be on a TV show or that they're going to be on Broadway or even that they're going to play a role they want to play at a regional theater. It's just, they, you know, telling people they booked a job that they're really excited about is always exciting. So you get to find that out first. Yes. Well, that's lovely. That's, I mean... That's a lot all of power. Work, and think about it. For every actor, hears no a lot. They hear no way more than yes. Yes. You know? No. So, and think about how many times I hear it. Because I hear no for all of those actors all the times. So, it's... it's like you're a shield. Mm-hmm. You, you're shielding them from all that rejection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you can be like, here's a yes. Yes, exactly. And then you feel good about life again. Mm-hmm. There is a point to all of this. Uh, but how has uh, the job changed during the pandemic? So this actually changed a lot. I mean, aside from the total drop-off from theater, um, aside from the occasional Zoom reading, uh, so my job has become all TV and film. Um, yeah, you used to see theater a lot. I used to see theater. I used Me to work too. on theater a lot. <laughs> oh, man. What was that like? Uh, I love theater. I miss theater. But anyway, I've been doing all TV and film, which has been great. Um, it's also changed a lot, though, because our job used to be really about getting appointments for people. Where now it's they're getting Zoom auditions. So we're also watching all of their auditions where we used to just send them off and right. they would go and do it. We wouldn't see what they did. Now we're watching every single audition tape that comes in and facilitating all of these. But and that's we're doing not a all Zoom. The, the Zoom would be live. So you mean well, it was like self-tapes? Self-tapes, yeah. Yes, but they are do they do sometimes do Zoom auditions like as well, but we don't the call see those. Backs, yeah, right? we don't, yeah, Zoom. Yeah, callbacks. I didn't think you were sitting no, in no, on the sorry. callbacks. Sorry, no, on no, Zoom. no. But uh, self tape auditions, so we're watching all of these self tapes all the time. Well, that's nice of you. Well, yeah, I don't want to send in a bad tape. So they send the tape to you, and then you send it out, and then if you're like, this lighting is really bad, you're like, or you I think you should make this. another choice, or you know, this isn't really what they're looking for with the role, or you can dig in deeper. So you've become kind of like an acting coach. Yep. That's so weird because you never would have had to do that. Nope. It's a lot more. It's a lot more. It's like sitting there watching hours of tapes a day. That sounds horrible. It's not horrible. It's not horrible. It's just different. Do they send you like multiple takes and then you have to choose which take? Sometimes. Oh. Because this is the case now, casting directors expect you to put it to be submitting your very, very, very best because you can redo it 
and do another take and do it until it's perfect. You're not going in and just giving it your all once and then leaving. If you want to be an actor, you have to put in 100% because if you're not, the guy next to you is. Right. It's a lot of work to be an actor, guys. You heard it first right here on this podcast. It's... It's an awful lot of work nonstop. And that's why we always say, if you're an actor and there's anything else in the world that you can be doing that's not acting, you should do that. Yeah. (laughs) Because it takes a very, very special person to be able to be an actor. It's a hard life. It's a really hard life. You know, I'm hearing how hard it is. I I like the life of playing piano because being a pianist, you're in demand. You can set a fee for that Mm -hmm. and usually people will pay it because it's or like when I get hired to write someone a song I feel like I can charge them a decent amount of money Mm -hmm. because that is a skill that not as many people have a lot of people can act this is true but it's good I think to you know to know yourself and know what what you want out of your career and I feel like uh when I'm older Uh, Maybe I will look at acting more because there will be a lot less competition and I will be able to play all those Jewish men. However, you will be in competition with people who have had an entire lifetime of a career. Yeah, but they're not going to want to have the day gigs. Oh, that's true. They're always, my casting director friends are always looking for older gentlemen who want to do a line or two on a TV show. That's what I'm saying. That's when I will be an actor. Okay. When I'm like in my 50s, that's that's the niche there. I told my father if he wanted to go into it, he could probably have a career, but he's not into acting at all. He only did acting for me and my sister because we were into it. That's uh-huh. how good a father I had. He would be in the community shows. Like, he in Big River, he played the raft. Uh-huh. <laughs> he did. He did. See, my dad actually would want that career. <laughs> well, you could probably get your dad into TV film. No, no? thank you. Alright, well, I mean, he's, he, there's probably a, a niche for that kind of like. So I feel like at that point, uh, I would I would be in the man, and then I would. I think I'm I'm getting closer to it. There's still people of my type, but the the longer I wait, uh-huh. the fewer they'll be. Uh-huh. And then it will just get a little bit easier. And if I keep working on the craft, then I'll still have my skills. Yes, this is true. I think that's an important advice is is to have your skills. And always work on your skills and have that be part of the fun is the, that process of working on the skills. And then you don't have to focus so much on the end game. Mm-hmm. I, of course, always focus on the end game and the results. But I'm, I've been told it's good to focus on the journey and yes. be in the present. Be in the present and enjoy the journey. A hundred percent. These are advice that I've heard that, that you cannot do. But I... I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm enjoying our process now. Okay. This is super fun. You know, it's like, you know, with the the podcast episodes get like, you know, 20 listens. Sometimes they get 300 listens. I never know which one is going to pop. So I just try to give give the best podcast I can, you know, (laughs) every single podcast counts. But I know, you know, like I I have, I know Louie is a big fan of this podcast. Uh-huh. And I, I think he'll listen to this episode because he's friends with Yes, you. he will. Hi, Louie. Hi, Louie. Uh, Louie used to listen to every episode the day it came out. And then he had a kid. Ah. And then he said he, he, he didn't even finish listening to season two because he had a kid. So, children, take up your time. What can I say? I mean, I believe the children are our future. But I also believe 
that it kept poor Louie from finishing my podcast season. <laughs> well, maybe he'll take the time now. I hope so. Now that we have nudged him uh, on the air. I'm sure he listened when Danny was on it. I'm that, sure. Yeah, because he definitely listened to that episode. No, he definitely said he listened to most of season two, but he just kind of lost track of things. I can understand that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully, I'm 100% sure he'll listen to this episode. And I I foresee him texting both of us about this conversation we're having. (laughs) Or at least Danny will. Yes. No, I think they'll both text us. We saw them. Uh, That was fun. That was a fun day. We went to Five Napkin Burger. And uh, that was the first time... I mean, I saw you at, at our picnic, mm-hmm. but that, we, that was the first time I saw D- Danny and Louie. Well, it was the first time we met their baby. Yes, yes. Uh, Elias? Elias. I remember the baby's name. Thank you, Danny. <laughs> Danny's always quizzing me. Like, do you still remember his name? Like, I remember cat names more than I remember dogs and kids. That's <laughs> just what I, I prefer cats, you know? Mm-hmm. But not the musical. And the movie music. Did you see the movie no. musical? I watched it just to have it on for shits and giggles. And I was like, wow. Ian McKellen was really good in it. I bet. But the rest of it was like, wow. What were they thinking? How was uh, Rebel Wilson? She's funny, but not in that movie. Because I, I would have liked her in that part. I, I could have seen it. It How was, was Taylor just Swift? weird. Taylor Swift wasn't great. I don't know. It wasn't a great movie. Mm. Can I say that? I don't. I try not to say negative things about things. But yeah, so we went to Five Nackham Burger and it's completely bigoted against people without smartphones now. There's no way to order if you don't have a smartphone. And they make you use your battery, your precious battery. And fortunately, they have Wi-Fi. But if they didn't have Wi-Fi, I would have been like, what? Like, you're making me use my data to order? Like, and blockheads, so I've too. Been, I've been to a lot of restaurants lately, especially now that I'm vaccinated. And none of them have menus anymore. So yeah. It's, pandemic. it's the just the way of the Blockheads also with the QR code. And you yep. order on your phone. But then you're actually giving the tip before you have the service. Uh-huh. And I, I found it both at Five Napkins and in Blockheads. It was really hard to get the server's attention. Yes. Because they're not working for their tips anymore because yep. they already know that you gave them 20%. Yeah. So I feel like that's a downside well, of it. Well, I don't know what they're, I don't know what, what, how they're being instructed to work that too. Like, you know, I don't. Well, they should check. The, the guy at Black has checked in a little bit more. But if I'm Mackenberger. Oh, I know. And I knew, I knew the guy was Aaron. And I just, I was like, Aaron. I had to like yell him down to be like, we need to figure this out. Like, here's a question. We had a question about the menu. Like, it's just like, oh, gosh, they're supposed to serve us. I, I just found the whole thing really millennial. The whole thing that you have to order on your phone and, like, oh, oh, oh you have to pay. Like, you can't pay in cash. Like, I, I you know, Don't Tell Mama is... Is still in the in the nineties. Yeah, still well, and that's only. a big thing too, because a lot of places now also they run like they run through an iPad, like they run their front of house system like by an iPad. So like if you to check out, you have to use your debit card or your phone, and and that totally takes out people who are cash only. I mean, I'm a big fan of cash because that's how I get paid. Uh, so I guess I have to go with people, uh, but then I have to make always have change for the cash, but I can pay my friends in the cash and have them uh, pay on their phone, I guess. Right. Would be the... Or you can just, like, Venmo them. Yeah, but I. what am I supposed to do with all this cash, Nicole? Do you have a bank account? 
Yeah, I know, but then I have to go to the bank. Because I can, you can't deposit the cash on your no, phone. No, you can't. I, I mean, that would be a great thing if you could deposit the cash on your phone and then the phone would disintegrate the cash for you. Like, that would be, that's a good app, right? That's a great app idea. You heard it here. You, you Disintegrate you, money? That's a terrible app. Yeah, no, after the money goes into your bank account, that way you don't have to go to the bank. I, like, I have to actually go to the bank to deposit cash. Yes, that's like, true. Then I have to put on clothes and put on a mask and walk all the way to the corner. And I, I guess we're learning today how lazy Seth is. This is the, this is the. Wait, but the Seth, theme. you are also the person that will walk home from the Lower East Side because you don't want to take a taxi. You know, I would never take a taxi. I don't want to pay the two seventy five on the or subway. Or a subway. Well, if if I can make it so that I'm there for less than two hours, I'll take the subway down and I'll bus up. For a transfer, and then that's two. But I did actually visit my friend on the Upper East Side uh, last week to watch Goldberg's. Uh, we're very behind, but we watched some episodes. And you know what? I I had gone out early to talk to my friend on the phone, and I sat in Central Park, which was very nice. And I was like, you know what? I'm kind of tired. It's already ten o'clock at night, and that's when I usually do the crossword. And I was like. I looked at the Google Maps before I left, of course, not on my phone, but before I left. And if I had walked, it would have taken 65 minutes. And if I took the, the subway, it would take 22 minutes. And you know what, Nicole? I did it. I spent 275. I took the Q train, which is, you know, on 2nd Avenue. Mm -hmm. And she lives between 2nd and 1st. I got home in 20 minutes and I was like, I'm old. I You're did like, it, I though. get it. You're like, I get it now. I get why people sometimes... But I would never have taken the subway twice in a day. That's like, fuck no. But I am old, and I decided it was okay to spend the 275 to get home. Yes. Yeah. Especially 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, also, I'm, I, I, I used to not mind it, but I, I feel weird. There's a lot more... Uh, I, I don't... Riffraff. Yes, riffraff is the, that's the term my grandmother would use. She would, she would literally say, be safe and, and don't hang out with riffraff. She would say that, that's, you're so old, Nicole. You say really old things. Uh, wow. Okay. Uh, anyway, back to topic. My final question on topic today is advice for young hopefuls besides, you know, don't cold call you. Young hopeful actors or young hopeful ca uh, talent agents? That's a good question. Well, yeah, let's do both. Start with agents. So agents, I recommend getting internships. Uh, get as much experience as possible. Get a casting internship. Get a talent agency internship. Whatever experience you can get, go find a general management internship. Whatever office experience you can learn the lingo and learn the business, do that. All right, and then I think more people want to be actors. Actors, yeah. Uh, and like and I said... And we save the advice for the end, so they have to listen to the whole thing. <laughs> I mean, 
I say get as much experience as you can. Audition, audition, audition. You know, if you move to New York and you're a server and you're debating going to that open call or taking that shift, are you a server or are you an actor? Remember that. You know, I worked at a restaurant for a long time and I would see a lot of actors who were like, uh, this audition I want to go to, but I could pick up this shift and make 200 bucks. I'm just going to pick up the shift. I'm like, okay, that means you're a server and not an actor because you officially picked waiting tables over acting. You literally just chose that. Um, so don't give up, you, but you have to be all 100% in it because if you're not, the person next to you who looks just like you is going to be 100% into it. Yeah, it's unfortunate that there are people who look like me. I, I find that really... I also hate when people are also named Seth. Like, how <laughs> fucking rude is that? Like, that's my name. Get your it own... It is a biblical name. Get so your own really name. really, like... Yeah, there are other sets in this business, <laughs> unfortunately. What can you do? All right, so you have to be in it 100%, guys. Mm -hmm. That's the key. And train, train, train. Even if you've just graduated from a four-year conservatory program, you're like, if I look at another class, I'm going to be cry. More training. You always, even Academy Award actors continue to train. You are never done with your training. And I think you learn different things from different people, too. Uh, also, as you age, as you live life, you grow as a human. You I change so. as a human. And so much of Hopefully. this business and acting is about the personal experience and what you bring to the role. So how are you going to effectively, the person you're changing into, how is that going to affect your work? You need to work with somebody to help you navigate that. Yeah, and it's important to have life experiences mm -hmm. as well. Oh, yes. Get oh, yes. your heart broken. That makes broken. you a better actor. Yes. Get your heart broken. You know, date the wrong mm -hmm. people just so you can have heartbreak. Mm -hmm. And remember what that's like. Yeah, I was just working with um, a teenager earlier who was singing a song. I can't even remember what song it was off the top of my head. But it was definitely a song for an older person who was reminiscing about past life i remember life. it well from Gigi. it wasn't but i, I remember from evening primrose no memories from no. the way we were no um it'll come to me but anyway i was like this is a bad song for you because you just have no life experience you can't remember like i i, I even tried to give an adjustment and she couldn't take it because i'm like you just don't have the you can't you don't have this in your life yeah i agree it's like when they're singing songs about love, but they've never been in love. Mm -hmm. Or like, you know, if they sing a song about how to be a parent mm -hmm. and they're not a parent, it's mm -hmm. like, it's apparent that they're not a parent. Yeah. Thank you. That was a good one. <laughs> it was Back to Then from Title of Show. Oh, well, there's no Back to Then because she's back still to in Then. No, Back to Then. Back, no, back to Before. That's from Back Time. Yeah. Yeah. So Way Back to Then is very popular song. Yes. Has no frame of reference to be remembering how life was happy when they were young. Especially. They're still young and happy. Yeah, no, the life hasn't uh, worn them down yet. No, they're not jaded and bitter yet. One day, one day. Yeah, because yes. the song is about being jaded and bitter and being like, I've had a moment where I remembered that I didn't used to be jaded and exactly. bitter. Exactly, exactly. And they're not there yet. What was her reaction to you, her telling you, you telling her this? She said, okay. Well, that's good. At least she didn't argue with you. No. <laughs> how can she argue with that? She could be like, no, I want to do this song. I love this song. I This is the song I relate to more than any other song in the world, and I want to do it in your showcase. Oh, well, then that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. But I think, you know, it's it's good to have life experience. 
Uh, every so often you'll get a kid who can sing a song like that, and you're like, how are they doing this? Oh, yes, of course. Like there, a candor and Epps song. kids who are wise beyond their years. Yeah, every and, so yeah. often you'll I be remember, like. I remember when I was a kid, because I'm a Rodgers and Hammerstein nerd, I would always want to sing these like elaborate love songs, and my voice teacher would be like, you're too young. Or my dad would be like, you're too young. You didn't want to sing Lonely song. Room? <laughs> I could imagine you doing What's that What's the one. use of wondering? Yes. <laughs> if he hits you, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's the moral of that song. Great morals from Rodgers and Hammerstein. <sighs> Well, it's actually um, who wrote Lilium. Right. The, the guy who wrote the Lilium? French, the French guy who wrote Lilium. Oh, I don't have this knowledge in my head. Oh, Carousel is based on... Lilium. Yes. No, I know it's based on a play, but I don't know the guy who wrote the yes. play. Well, we'll blame him. It's <laughs> his fault. We'll blame him in the French. Yes. He's the one who wrote the play. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've answered a lot of questions. Uh, and I appreciate how loud you are, Nicole. Sometimes I have to have the guests speak up. I do not have that issue with Nicole. And I'm sitting quite a bit away from the microphone. Yes. But I, as a young performer, I was always taught to project so the back of the auditorium can hear you. Sing out, Louise. So I never have a problem being loud. Enough. Yeah, I never understand performers who aren't loud. Like, I love that song of Matilda, Loud. Yeah. I'm like, that's me. Well, I don't understand, like, when I'm literally speaking to someone and they're speaking. And I say, can you speak up, please? I'm hard of hearing, which I am. Yeah. I'm literally hard of hearing. And then they speak a little louder, like, that hurts. I'm like, who are you? That's so weird. <laughs> I'm straining. You just have to project from your diaphragm. Uh, all right. So uh, let's wrap it up here with our, our final questions of the day. Uh, what is a time a millennial annoyed you, Nicole? Oh, my goodness. Um... I think a lot of millennial talk, like talking about vibes and talking about like, like sensitive speaking, like you make me feel this way and this and like trying to be too politically correct about that. I'm just like, just be a human. Just be a human. I agree. It's, it's so like, it's like, I guess this the snowflake thing is what. Yeah, uh -huh. and I understand. You overly know. sensitive about every. I'm I'm a sensitive person. Listen, you walk across, you walk by me on the street. You're giving your like your friend a dirty look. I'm thinking you're attacking me. I'm very sensitive, but it's a whole other thing. I agree. I'm incredibly sensitive as well, but things are not personal, and people aren't maliciously trying to to be to hurt you. Mm -hmm. They're just talking. You mm -hmm. know, sometimes people just talk, and it's like it's okay. To just talk sometimes, at least I think so. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes you're not thinking about, like, every single thing that comes out of your mouth. And I know also know a lot of millennials who are like, won't give things a chance. They, like, they're very quick to, to dismiss yes. something yes. or a person because they they don't get, like, like for a second. They're like, ooh, I get a little bit of a bad feeling. I'm like, give it a chance. Give, give it a chance. Like, watch the thing. Uh -huh. It's like they'll react to something without having read it. Yes. And it's like a, a reaction to a reaction. Mm -hmm. And then you look at the thing and it's like not a big deal at all. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yes. But uh, Ashley Will is coming on in a few weeks to talk about, uh, I call it cancel culture. Ah. She doesn't call it cancel culture. She's calling it, I've already forgotten, hold on, transparency culture. Ah. That's what she didn't even want to call it cancel culture. She wants to call it transparency culture, and I'm not quite sure what that is, 
But I'll you find will learn. out. I will find out when that that's coming up in a few mm-hmm. weeks. So, uh, all right. So, final question then. Uh, what advice would you give yourself 10 years ago? Stop wasting time. Do things that you want to do. Get things done. Travel more. Make more friends. Stop being so shy and put yourself out there more. So make more friends instead of watching them on TV. <laughs> All right. You heard it here first. Guys, make some friends. Uh, go out. Now that the pandemic is finally done, I hope it's done by the time this airs, make some new friends. You know, don't uh, sit around in your room. Come hear the music play. Uh, come to the cabaret. Life is a cabaret. Yes, exactly. Well, thank you, Nicole. This has been super fun. Always is. I'm so glad. And, and Nicole's here in person, I forgot to mention. Uh, she's one of the four uh, out of 13 who are, are brave enough uh, and vaccinated enough to come over. And it's, it's, I love it. It's so much more fun to have you here. We can make faces at each other yes. that are not through a computer. And the quality, I think, is is better. Uh, and we were, I, I mean, I not to show you how the podcast is made, but we were a- able to edit while we did it, which saves me time later. Yep. Like, we'd be like, oh, we shouldn't really say that. And then the, you can't even tell because uh, <laughs> I did it. That's how I, you can't tell because I did it so well because I'm really great in GarageBand. But uh, we're going to end here. So thank you for tuning in. And uh, I hope you'll uh, come next week. Let me see who's here next week is Kim, Kimberly Faye Greenberg. Uh, this is our kind of career section of the season. And she talks about being a show business coach. And it's a great, uh, if you like this episode, it's kind of like a sequel with more advice uh, for, for people in the biz. So hopefully uh, you'll tune in then. You'll hear me next time right here. Uh, Millennials are winning the world question mark. An exennial perspective, real conversations, bridging the gap between generations X and Y. I'm not woke, but I'm awake. Millennials are ruining the world, an exennial perspective.